0: Hello and welcome to episode 356 of Fergo
1: on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew RLP. And join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find on Twitter at League Freak. How are you going there, mate? Pretty good, Andrew. How have you been? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad.
0: It's been a bit of a quiet week in Rugby League. Not. Yeah, I know, right? We take a few days off and all of a sudden all sorts of stuff happens.
1: <sighs> yeah, it's a good thing we're here to break it all down for you all.
0: Yeah, when we break it down in real-world conditions, not the fantasy conditions that the mainstream media intends on pushing forward. They live in the the bloody Chronicles of Narnia. Maybe we should call this episode the Chronicles of Narnia because they are off their fucking chops at the moment. I love it. I love it. Well, let's let's dive into that. So it
1: looks like the NRL's... Was it settled on another TV? Did you, so TV rights deal? Yeah, so it looks like
0: the reports are at the moment. And you've got to be careful because the reports are put out by Channel 9. I actually yeah. read an <laughs> article by The Age that said giant, it was it started something with Giant Corporation 9 Entertainment. You know, you've got to keep in mind that Channel 9 owns The Age. And then... It, and it only mentions that about halfway down in the article. I was going to say, did, did they talk about how big all of the executives' penises were? <laughs> they just stopped short at that. Uh, um, and it kind of goes, goes through like, you know, just talking up Channel 9 and all this stuff. But it looks like that the NRL is going to get... Oh, the other thing that was funny, it was like um, secret negotiations between the two parties have been revealed by an anonymous source. And it's like you, they, they're with you. What are you talking about, anonymous source? Like sh- these people are just fucking goofballs, you know? They are. They, they're just goofy. like secret they, negotiations. You know, else knows how goofy they are. It's
1: so funny. Secret, secret negotiations in the media, the mainstream media. Yeah. Secret.
0: Secrets. Secret. Revealed. Secret. Anonymous. Secret. Within our Se- company. Secret (laughs) Secret negotiations I've been holding have been revealed by an anonymous source. Um, So, yeah, so it looks like Channel 9 is going to do a deal with the NRL for around about $115 million a year for, I believe it's four years. Um, That's a pretty good deal in terms of money. But these deals are rarely just money. There's normally a component of that. Um, is broken down to advertising so they'll say like say for instance 20 million dollars of it may be advertising time on channel 9 which if you I remember watching a few years ago and seeing a rugby league nines oh no it was a the NRL kickoff advert at 3:30 a.m in the morning and I thought yeah that'll bring in the punters um, and it was one of those, it was one of the years when they were doing like all the kids play rugby league things. So it was really only oh, yes. children. Yeah. So yes. 3.30 AM, that was good. But, uh, so, but 115 million bucks a year. Um, I can't remember if that's higher or low than what they're currently getting, but I know that the first figure that was put out was around $85 million and that was about a month and a half, two months ago, put out by Channel 9, of course. Um, So, So you know...
1: Essentially, they've they've put out a lowball offer.
0: Yeah. And then they've
1: they've revealed it's much higher. I wonder if that was done, knowing fully intention, you know, fully knowing that um, the figure that they've released, you know, recently is the actual figure they're always going to do. But they they put out the lowball figure, and it's like, we're doing this, pvl to make you look good and in return
0: we want you to bend over for us there's that possibility because like it's it's not a real negotiation tactic like if you went into negotiations and they said well i read in the media that it was the going the going rate is like 85 you'd just be like i don't care we're not negotiating through the media you fucking idiot (laughs) That's, well, that's right. It's, it's a really,
1: uh, I was going to say awkward. I probably, I think a better word is fucking stupid way of doing a negotiation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I say we'll get the meat and potatoes of that very soon. I mean, we've already, the NRL's already done, you know, half the legwork for the NRL by scrapping their own digital arm.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And has, hasn't that proven already to be great? You know absolutely the, tr- the trash we're seeing coming out it, it, this is the off season and it's just trash like I saw a list some i think it was Fox sports put out the uh five coaches under pressure in two thousand and twenty two We haven't had <laughs> yes. game like it, it, all of those coaches uh, could potentially win the premiership next year right It's very unlikely, but they could. And, but we're already judging them, and it's like, you fucking idiots.
1: The thing I found most fascinating by it is the fact that, obviously,
0: Michael McGuire's
1: at the top of the list. Yeah. And I thought, how's that for you, hey? They spent all this year doing everything they can to get him sacked, and when it failed and the Tigers re-signed him, they've gone, oh, we'll just have a crack next year. <laughs> you just know that that's now their plaything. They're going to be running with you know, Maguire's on his last chance articles for as long as they can until they get him sacked. That's their aim. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're going to keep doing. The thing that's, you know, cause I, I tweeted about that and I found the, um, a number of responses around that tweet. Mm-hmm. Also very, very important was that Ricky Stewart's not on that list
0: anywhere. Yeah. And I, I saw somebody on Twitter and I, I can't remember who it was. I'm very sorry, but they were saying People don't understand how powerful Ricky Stewart is at the Canberra Raiders Club, and that's why he's not on the list. But I'm looking at the Raiders, and we've talked about this now for what, two or three seasons where they haven't re- they haven't improved. Ricky Stewart settled on something he thought worked, and it failed miserably. Um, I'd be kind of shocked if the Raiders made the finals next year, like, you know, and, and that's a pretty big fall. For a team that was in the grand final in 2019. So he's got to be under pressure. Look, they're all under pressure. If your name isn't, you know, Craig Bellamy or Ivan Cleary, you're under pressure. Or Wayne Bennett, because, I mean,
1: let's be honest, the media were telling us for a good week or two that Wayne Bennett was going to be the coach of the new expansion Brisbane team Mm -hmm. before... Wayne Bennett got a chance to step inside the lease club and actually put forward his claim for the job.
0: (laughs) You know what I was thinking this week? If Wayne Bennett either decides to retire, like just say he goes in and they say, we would like you here for this many years, and he says, I'm not committing for that long, or they say, we'll give you this much money, and he says, that's not enough, and for whatever reason, he decides to not do that job. Do you go to Michael Maguire? Absolutely, and, and save him. Yeah, that, like Je- Jeff Tuvey's another one I would look at, but Michael Maguire I reckon you'd get in a second.
1: It's uh, I I definitely get Maguire on board. No, yeah. no questions asked. Yeah, no questions asked. Um, I just found a tweet dealing you know, talking about the uh the TV rice that we were t- talking about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from the League Unlimited Twitter account, which says the 2018 to 2022 deal signed in late 2015 with Channel 9 was worth $185 million per season. <clears throat> We're being told now that it's a superb win for Peter Volandis to be pushing them for $120 million a year for the next deal, which is a good $65 million per season less. Even allowing for COVID, is that a win? Because... All of the mainstream media types, obviously, have been talking about how great a deal it's been by Peter Volandis that he's, you know, with this TV rights deal. Mm. Yeah, I'd say, considering that a 17th team has been announced and will be added into the the draw in 2023, is that
0: right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, And this TV rights deal is going to cover that period. I would have assumed, given that, especially that – Brisbane is seen to be a huge market for the NRL, that they shouldn't be looking at any discount price. They should be trying to go, at worst, equal with $185 million per season given
0: COVID. Yeah, look, I understand that point, right? And I've yet to see a, a deal that Peter Volandis has signed that wasn't for less money. Which makes him a genius on some level. But I would like to know, because the media landscape's really changing, TV ratings are down for everything. Yeah. And so I guess that that factors into a certain degree. Um, But if it's down for everything, then surely that's completely factored out.
1: In what way? Well, if if TV ratings are down everywhere, then... You can't really factor that in as a reason not to, you know, stick with the current deal. Well, the the thing,
0: especially after we get my discount already. Well, he, yeah, I mean, opting out of the deal was ridiculous. There was no reason to do that, and and I guess the the thing I'm saying is like if if TV ratings for everything on free to air TV are down, um, and they've been down for a few years now. Um, I would guess that that means their advertising revenues are also down for free-to-air channels, and that must affect their bottom line, and that's got to affect what price they can attach to something they put on free-to-air TV. Now, at the same time, you look at the streaming rights and everything. They should be going up by a substantial amount, so it should be offset to a certain degree. And there's stuff you can do with streaming that – you know, I mean, there's all sorts of adverts. Like you could put a pop up on certain streaming things, and yeah, it's going to be annoying. But you know, for say if it's streaming on PC, you can click a pop up off every, I don't know, 20 minutes in the game. That's not too bad. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see, I guess, longer term or mid term. I say, I, I would say instead. Where the AFL TV rights go, whether theirs go up or whether they go down, but on face value, it is it is a big drop, isn't it? It's pretty substantial. Yeah. I was wondering too, if you're Channel Ten,
1: do you come along and say we'll give you 130 million a year? Just I'd to just see like what. To, just, yeah. I was going to say just to see what the NRL would do. Because, yeah. I mean you're still
0: getting at a discounted rate of 55 million a year less. But it's ten million more than what Channel Nine are offering. And what is on Channel Ten? There's nothing on Channel Ten.
1: Reality shows, people stuck on islands who we don't care about. Usually, a bunch okay. of criminals.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know. Like, I every so often I'll see Channel Ten news.
1: Haven't they got some
0: some island thing at the moment?
1: I know I Sam Burgess all, is on there. I thought they all had islands. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. It's just they get some of the most detestable fucking idiots in society and they put them all on an
0: island and think that we're going to watch them all be fucking idiots to one another. Yeah. My understanding is that, like, 85% of free-to-air TV is putting either morons on an island putting moron, or putting morons through an obstacle course of some kind.
1: Or pairing them up to get married only to watch the whole thing fall apart.
0: Yeah, mar- it's called Married at First Sight and then we're supposed to be shocked when it doesn't work out. Yeah. Or, they get or the, some, you know, Farmer Wants a Wife. No, it should be called Farmer is a Man Slut because <laughs> he basically goes on snogs every chick there and it like it's just weird. I don't know. I don't get my this is Why? With, I don't my
1: problem with Farmer Wants a Wife, okay. I'm I'm from I'm from a predominantly Predominantly an entirely farming rural region, yeah. And I've not seen one of those farmers yet have as much free time as these young blokes have got. <laughs> like a lot of these farmers that I knew, they got married when they were twenty because they knew, right? That's romance done. Now I've got to work for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's very strange. That sometimes, like you will see their farm, and it looks a little bit um, Disney. It looks like a Disney farm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. It's like, this is my farm, and they they show, like, all green-painted, like, wooden fences that surround this farm stuff, and it's like, I don't think this is a farm.
1: No. No, no, no. If it's a
0: proper farm,
1: it's got steel picket posts everywhere with a half-assed, incomplete wire fence around it that's fallen fallen down in most parts. Probably got a bit of sheep wool in it with all the sheep that have run through it. Um, There's a shed out the back, a a large one, probably about two or three bays, with just machinery and steel and wood and fucking everything just lying all around it. It's hanging out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, machinery would have been cars, trucks, utes, motorbikes, all that sort of stuff. They'd be all just littered around the area. You don't see that.
0: It's all far too organized. It looks very (laughs) staged. Like they have... They have grass that's been cut by lawnmowers, mowers. Yeah, but like I'm, a lot of it. You know what I mean? How can you
1: look? This is only this is only a comment to the farmers out there. How are you supposed to run a farm with something that that is that well organized? Yeah, you just, you just fucking can't. It's just wrong. So yeah, that's all wank. Yes, so that's that's what's on Channel Ten. So they need some. They need some. They need some NRL. So, they should come in yes. and say, you know what? Let's stop buying islands and putting dickheads on them. Let's mm. save that cash,
0: get the NRL. Well, and look, my question to Channel 10 in particular would be, what are they waiting for? Like, they keep on saying, oh, we're going to go with this sport and that sport and that sport. They never pick any sports that are any good. Like, and I think they have the big bash still, but, and big bash is something I have less than zero interest in. Let's be honest. Big Bash is the shittest form of
1: cricket there is. So bad. Yeah. They've pretty much just said, right, let's take one of the most mentally challenging sports there is and then take the mental challenge out of it. <laughs> yeah. While we're at it, let's remove all of the skill required to play the game out of it and just let people bowl bounces wide. Who so gives a shit? Just let them swing like fucking baseball players and then bring the boundaries in so
0: they can score runs. And that'll be great. You know, it's just dog shit to watch. Yeah, the thing I don't get about 2020 for the most part is that, like, the bowlers just turned to shit. Like, yeah. if if you can just get the ball down there, you could probably make a side. Yeah, it's, it's all just pop gun bullshit. Just spray
1: the fucking ball anywhere you want. The batsman just swings in whatever direction they want. Everything's just a slog. Yeah. Um, the only time I've seen a T20 game which still had skill in it was the uh, women's T20 World Cup final. Mm-hmm. Because they still played proper cricket shots. There was proper oh, okay. placement. And it was all, you know, they were bowling like normally. They weren't trying to play some smart ass reverse flick shots with the bats and stuff like that. And there's a mm-hmm. genuinely good game of cricket with
0: actual skill in it. I, I, I've talked about on the podcast how much I love women's rugby league. I've been to women's rugby league matches. I, I, it's great. It's the, it's fantastic. Yeah. Do you, do you know how much money you would have to pay me to go and see a women's twenty twenty game? Five bucks. No. Way more. Substantially <laughs> more. You'd be I, surprised. I like, it was pretty good. It's, I don't doubt that you enjoyed yourself. I'll tell you what. I reckon you'd
1: need to be paid less to watch the women's T20 game than the men's.
0: You reckon? Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. You could not pay me enough money to watch a men's T20 game. Could you imagine? Well, you know what I should do? You know what we should do, you and me? Okay. Because obviously I'm going to come down to Melbourne at some point. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Look, I've got trips planned for Western Australia yeah. and Melbourne. All right. Televised, so, That's, that'll be good. Dude. Channel Ten put that on their show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sydney side wants to go to a different state. What's that? What's that show where they chuck him in the middle of the jungle? What's that one called? Survivor. Nah, nah. The 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 other one that comes from the UK. Oh, uh, what's it called? Anyway, back to my original point. We'll go to a women's 2020 game, right? Yeah. I will get I will get destroyed. Right? I'll get yeah. hammered. Okay. Right. You gotta look after me. It, right. But at some point you're allowed to disown me, okay? At some point you're allowed to say, I don't know who this guy is or why he's saying these terrible things. <laughs> but you yeah. gotta bail me out. Okay,
1: well we'll obviously have to do that. It's say... Flinders Street
0: Station. Why Flinders Street? It's full of fucking idiots. <laughs> oh no, I'm talking about going to the 2020 game, but like baby. yeah, I'm,
1: talk- I'm talking about. I will look after you the whole time we're at the game. Yeah. After the game. Yeah. The only if we want to make some sort of scene, we want to make this entertaining enough for everybody. Then yeah, yeah we're gonna to have to go to Flinders Street
0: Station. Is that the is that the famous train station? That's that the I famous reckon- train station that hasn't been watched for 300 years. Yeah, oh, it's so famous. It's like yeah. why,
1: when, who? It's the only train station that shows how irrelevant it is by having trams
0: run past it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh shit. <laughs> um Yeah, so w- not a fan of I'm not a fan of 2020 cricket in particular overall. Do you know the last game of cricket I went to was uh put it this way, Curtly Ambrose was bowling. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Me and my friend Trevor, um, we, we organized a day where we would both get a note to leave school like at about 10 o'clock. And we went to, uh, we, we were supposed to leave the school and walk to Duneside Station. And some fucking idiot at the school saw me leaving and, Called me into the principal's office, and I'm like, I'm I'm getting I'm late, you know, and I'm like ready to walk out, just say fuck yous all, like tackle me, you know,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: and then then they worked out that I ha- actually did have a note, so eventually met up with my friend Trevor at the station, and we went to Sydney and watched the uh, test match between, Australia and uh, the West Indies, and yeah, Curtly Ambrose was bowling, it was probably. Just a couple of years past when the West Indies were really, really good, but a lot of their great players were still out there, and that was a day I remember still. It was good. We sat in the I think we sat in the Doug Walters stand when that was around. I don't think it's around anymore.
1: Nice. I think the last cricket game I went to was Test match at the MCG, the what was it, two days after Boxing Day? Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. What year? 2017 from memory, yeah. might have been 2018. Yeah, mate of mine's a member of the uh, Melbourne Cricket Club, so we get to oh, so you- the stand. Oh, really? What was that like? Um, uh, it, it's fine. <laughs> you get a lot of. It, it's funny you you look down at the rest of the uh, the rest of the stadium where everyone else is, where all the drunken like lower class Victorians are. Yes. <laughs> They're drinking and cheering and carrying on like pork chops. Whereas everyone up in the member stand, they're they're all from like the upper class area. So it's just like, nice shots. But they know not to stand in front of anyone's way. And no one will get up to go to the toilet until the over is finished. (laughs) Because we don't want to repeat each other's
0: view. Remember when we all, sorry, go on. I was going to say,
1: if you go to the toilet in the member's area, in the men's toilet there, you're standing up at the trough. They've got a little window you can look through so you can watch, you can look down on the ground outside. Wow, that's interesting. It's, it's only like a, a small window, so no one can see what you're doing, but you
0: can just yeah. look out. It's like looking through a letterbox. I tell you what, I've always wanted to, uh, to watch David Warner, you know, face up against a, another bowler while I'm holding my cock. <laughs> it's. um.
1: It's a riveting experience,
0: I must say. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine.
1: Yeah. I, I wonder if maybe that was done more for the Victorian audience when they're watching AFL. The they seem to get really excited about that. But
0: there we go. Do you reckon? No. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. That's had self-censor then. <laughs> Holy shit. That was a bit self-censored then, Andrew. Yeah, just, i write down a note and tell me that reminds remind you what I was thinking. I must admit, I when I opened that gate to down that garden path, I went, yeah, I should shut that gate. <laughs> that garden path was almost kicked down. It was almost all over for us. As I was walking back slamming that gate shut, you, you, you had one foot through. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... What were we talking about? Rugby we t- oh, uh, league, I think. <laughs> yeah, remember when we found out that uh, New South Wales was going to start building some footy stadiums? Yes. And it was like, well, you build footy stadiums where you need footy stadiums. But then we found out there was so much involved with the the Sydney Cricket Ground members. And it was like, wait a minute. How many, a few thousand of these cunts why do we? Why are they being taken into account at all? And they ended up having a pretty big say in how things went.
1: Yeah, it's it's um it's amazing how that works. Yeah, I don't know
0: why. Probably because they have to spend like thirty five billion dollars for their membership every year. So they figure, well, we better let them have a say. I just think it's funny when you see a bunch of sixty year old men like wearing their khaki pants and shit, trying to run and get the best seats. <laughs>
1: It, it's, uh, it's certainly entertaining it's I can't actually wait more entertaining to... when, when it gets to the end of the day and they're trying to run to get to a train or a bus, something like that and they're all just absolutely tanked on light beer <laughs> light
0: beer watered down light beer too <laughs> absolutely
1: um, I, I it's, can't basically,
0: wait. it's basically just shit Adelaide water at that stage <laughs> yeah get more of a buzz out of Adelaide water <laughs> <laughs> oh shit Anyway, how many other states can we shit on? <laughs> <laughs> We're going well at this stage. I know, right?
1: Um, so we we spoke about the Radcliffe deal.
0: In in yeah yeah, I did, think. Is that yeah, I can't yeah. remember. I think we talked it, about that. It might not have been official at the time, but is it, it, it official now, or just still still? No, nah, it's official now. The oh, one official, interesting. Official. Yeah, it's officially official now. One interesting thing was that – so we might as well talk a little bit about it. Um, they have so far said they're going to be called the Dolphins mm-hmm. in that it seems like they're going to go to people that would be supporters of the club in Brisbane and see what those people want them to be named, whether it's Brisbane, whether it's North Brisbane, whether it's just Redcliffe. Which I think is a really smart idea. I think I think it's a good idea because if you call yourself Redcliffe, you're you've you've made a statement of we're staying who we are. Yeah. And people that aren't fans of Redcliffe because this is a club that's been around for 85 years or something, I can see where that would alienate them a little bit. If you call yourself Brisbane, but your current fan base. Isn't a big fan of that, and the people of Brisbane don't really embrace it. It's a miss. It's a swing and miss. If you call yourself North Brisbane, and no one likes it, that's a swing and miss too. So I think it's a smart move for them to to do what they're doing. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I think for Redcliffe, they do actually have
1: quite a uh, quite a storied history with the club, mm. and so you know when you're when you're a new club coming into the NRL, it, it's good to have a bit of history to fall back upon. And, you know, they can say, you know, where the club where Arthur Beetson began his first grade career. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a pretty meaty piece of history you can work work upon. And obviously, there's a lot of other stuff there, but I'm just talking like, this is just one example of something they've got there going for them. Um, well, the Brooklyn Dolphins is a
0: pretty prominent name too in the rugby league world. Yeah, exactly. Look, I there was a stat that was posted by uh, Channel Nine uh, about a week ago, and I saved it. And it says the Dolphins have produced thirty-two Queensland rep players and twenty-three kangaroos in their history. Like that's a that's a club. Yeah. It's you know. Pretty
1: impressive figures. Um, yes. so I guess for them, obviously we don't know the makeup of what's gonna to happen to the Redcliffe Dolphins if they're gonna have a team in the Queensland Cup. And if they are, are they going to be called the Redcliffe Dolphins while the Redcliffe Dolphins are in the NRL? Or is the NRL team going to be called something else? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that stuff they need to figure out. So, yeah. And and the cool thing is they're, they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know? Um. So it's it's good. I hope they, they come to a consensus pretty quick because that's, that's the sort of thing that you want sorted out and ironed out really fast.
0: Um, so I you thought can get down to actually organising the rest of the, the club. Sorry, I, I'm sorry right. for, for... I've had too much coffee. That's what it is. That's is. You're excited. excited. That's fine. I know, I am. I'm really excited. I'm still <laughs> thinking about David Warner. Don't ask me where i to answer. Um, what about the River City Dolphins? River City. See, the only problem I've got with that mm-hmm. is you're
1: making people think about the the river in Brisbane, which is basically the inner workings of a toilet S-bend. That's true, you okay. don't want to, you don't really want to picture that. do you really want a brown s i I don't know see i' I'm, I'm more inclined to go with North Brisbane or Brisbane north or something like that yeah. um then again, I'm also not too opposed to them being called you know Sunshine Coast or something like that either as I don't want them as you said, I don't want them to be pigeonholed to one sort of area, yeah, and I know I said in episodes before if they were going to put a team on the north side i'd rather they were based on the sunshine coast and not just in brisbane again because uh, they can still tap into the brisbane market sunshine coast not that far away but then it opens up the whole sunshine coast up to you know Bundaberg essentially at least and that'll match up with where the north queensland cowboys area sort of reaches to and you're sort of covering a lot more of queensland that way but if and, you and just
0: suck another team in Brisbane, it just seems like that whole region in the middle there is just, eh. And we say this being the first to say this team isn't our team. They'll call it whatever the fuck they need to call it and we're just, you know, we don't really know too much. It's, they'll, they'll call it what they need to call it. I I, yeah. I think that North Brisbane isn't too bad as well. I, I don't mind Redcliffe as well, but and I don't know how the dynamics of Brisbane work too much in regard to how that would work for Greater Brisbane. I've been told that it would be like naming a team after a small suburb in, in Sydney, which we've done plenty of times. <laughs> so you know that's that's not too outrageous. Um,
1: calling it's not too it, bad. Just... I mean, I think Redcliffe's a pretty decent size place on the on the northern part of Brisbane. Mm. There wouldn't be too many areas that are that much bigger than it on the north side. Could you call it the Melulabar Dolphins? Oh
0: that that is the Sunshine Coast. That'd be a cool name, uh huh. Malulabar Dolphins. Malulabar Dolphins. Quick by the by the URL, Andrew. Quick. Quick, it's your turn. <laughs> I'm sure you're all over that one. It's your turn. no, it's your turn. Yeah, Get <laughs> fucked, it's your turn. <laughs> I don't know how to do
1: this. I'll, I'll leave it to someone who I know how 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 to divide. It. Someone experienced in the field. Freaky.
0: What? <laughs> how about uh, Brisbane Dolphins? I don't mind. Um, there was. An, I think that that's a safe one too. You just go
1: with Brisbane Dolphins, and then they're not really pigeonholed to one part of Brisbane.
0: Anywhere, yeah, yeah, and and that I think is the safe move. Looking as an outsider, who the club isn't for. Um, and I also think that it's something that you could say, look, this is the safest name we can do, and we can have this name for two years, five years or whatever, and then add North Brisbane, or we could change it to whatever if it isn't working. Um. So, yeah, I I tend to think that that's the way they'll end up going. Now, Peter Volandi said today that it oh, was up hang to... Hang on, let me sit down. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right. He said something really profound. He said that it is up to the Brisbane Broncos and the Gold Coast Titans to work really hard to make sure that Western Brisbane was getting the representation it needs in the face of a gigantic, massive, huge push by the AFL to infiltrate that area. The fuck? Yes. Now, my first thought was, if I said to you, that there is a part of Brisbane that needs representation in the NRL. And you said to me, you should expand with another team in Brisbane. And I said, I have. And you said, when? And I said, in the last 24 hours, you should turn around and say, you fucking idiot, maybe you gave it to the wrong club.
1: Yeah, if he's worried about Western Brisbane, why put a team in North Brisbane? Yes. Um, and
0: why is he worried about the AFL there? I don't know. He's terrified of the AFL there. Like He, he talks, talks about, about AFL a lot. lot, but it's usually
1: Melbourne yeah. AFL.
0: Yeah. If it's anyone's
1: weird. under threat from AFL
0: at the moment, and they're not, it'd be the fucking West Tigers. Well, here's, here's the thing. Like You think about all of the money the AFL spent in Sydney, mm-hmm. and then if you think of all the money – and and all of the... And this is just money we're talking about. This doesn't include the salary cap concessions that they make sure these teams are good. And, like, remember when there was that Brisbane AFL team that won? I think they won three premierships in a row and stuff. And has any of that ever affected Rugby League? No. Ever? Yeah, it no. just hasn't.
1: No. I mean, they're still pouring money into the black hole that's the Gold Coast AFL team. They're still yeah. pouring money into the Greater Western Sydney one, which... It's it's been such a success in Western Sydney that they've started playing home games in Canberra because yeah, they're close.
0: And, and the, it was funny. I, I love seeing journalists say, "Oh, it's been it's made an impact," and I'll be like, "No, I actually live here, and I can literally tell you there is zero impact." And the, yeah. like the zero impact, they don't oh, exist. Is is it true that in Sydney?
1: Mm-hmm. The GWS team, their home stadium is called Spotless.
0: <laughs> I think it is, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what it looks it's... like
1: when you're looking at the stadium
0: because there's no people in it. I know, right? It's they... fucking Spotless, all right? It's funny. When they first come in, they did a deal with Blacktown Council where they both spent $10 million each to build like what was supposed to be their training ground. So Blacktown Council being full of fucking idiots... Paid the money, they then this the the AFL team immediately moved to Homebush Bay, and now I think they actually are further east. I think that they might actually they might actually train at Concord or something like they're they're very far east that that team's uh, training base
1: to the Greater Western Eastern Sydney Canberra, pretty much, and no one in
0: Sydney calls it Greater
1: Greater Western Sydney. No one. Like well, well, no, no one in no one in Sydney has said the words Greater Western Sydney, other than when going through the street directory about thirty five years ago when they're looking in the contents.
0: Exactly. <laughs> oh, the Greater Western Sydney region. Oh, Greater Western Sydney. There's the sort of dumb shit that some idiot that you know lives in Bondi would think is oh Greater Western Sydney. Yes, you mean everything west of Balmain. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, like, for them, Glebe is West Sydney. It really is. It's west really the Western is. suburbs. Oh, there's a greater part where, further west of Glebe?
0: Wow. I might have to go for a holiday out there one day. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's peaceful, huh? But, yeah, Peter Vallandis. So, Peter Volandis, uh just hours after expanding the competition further in Brisbane, is still worried about Brisbane, which begs the question, and it's an honest question, does that mean the 18th team should be a Western Brisbane team which would be di- very very disappointing and if not them maybe a Sydney club moves up there uh, I I don't think we should be having three teams in Brisbane you don't think it's big enough for three teams no, nah.
1: the Broncos kind of covers for me. They kind of cover a southwestern region, just based on, for me anyway. That's based on, you know, who's involved in the club and and um, the setting up of it in eighty eighty seven eighty eight. It just felt more like it was a southwestern Brisbane team more than just a Brisbane overall team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'd suggest that the Broncos should pull their finger out and cater to the southwestern part of Brisbane and leave this new team to look after the northern side. Yeah. And that should be fine. That yeah. that would be it. I mean the the Brisbane AFL team was so successful they had to merge many years ago with a Melbourne City team. Yeah. in order to So I I don't think they're that much of a threat.
0: No, I like... think
1: the only team that's threatening an NRL team you know in the AFL well, sorry, I think the only NRL team that's threatened by AFL is the Melbourne Storm,
0: <laughs> and even they're holding their own. So you know, yeah, they're fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> like of all the teams you worry about, Melbourne's probably last on the list. Um, I wonder what I wonder when we start thinking about a second team in Melbourne, uh, like because it'll happen eventually.
1: I I think. The only reason why I'd see a second team in Melbourne is if we've already got one in Perth and Adelaide at the very least. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and even then, I'd probably even want a second team in New Zealand before I start looking at a second team in Melbourne.
0: Yeah, I would think that it's... Uh, when. If, you, if... I don't even know where you'd base a second Melbourne
1: team. Probably in well... the northern suburbs, because there's an awful lot of um, um, islanders that are living in the northern suburbs, and they are uh, rugby league fans, obviously. So I'd probably put one in the, the northern region of Melbourne somewhere, but there's no stadiums in the north. All the stadiums are around the MCG. That's where the Amy Park is and Dock Stadium's not far away from there either. It's so they all have to play out the same area anyway. What about if you
0: based it in Geelong? Would that work? Nah. No. Not no, one, at all.
1: no. One in, no one in
0: Geelong gives a fuck about rugby league. Yeah, but like you gotta you gotta kick the door in like this and this is yeah this is when we've got all of the other pins on the board i know i think i think geelong though is too staunchly
1: afl you just it just wouldn't work and i don't think the population's there um to have a half-assed team or hanging around i don't think i just don't think it would work the the northern suburbs of melbourne are the fastest growing part of of victoria it's probably one of the fastest growing areas in australia to be honest Um, So it just makes sense. You just put it out here somewhere. There's plenty of land that they can just go, right, let's just build a proper stadium out here, you know, 25,000-seat stadium. They can build one out here anywhere they want. There's plenty of land to do it. Mm -hmm. And there's tons of houses, and it's close to the
0: airport. And don't they have a a soccer team, a new soccer team there? No idea. I think there's a soccer team. I'll ask someone
1: who lives in northern Melbourne, they might know. (laughs)
0: I feel like it's for the West though, the soccer team. Oh, Wester. Yeah. The uh, it. I love thinking about stuff like that. I always have. But uh, like this, I'm thinking of like, as you say, this one we have Perth, when we've got Adelaide, when we've got PNG. I mean, New Zealand might like might have three teams by then. Like this is down the track.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um.
0: Brisbane's got 17 teams to look after everything Peter Valenti's got worried about. <laughs> Peter <laughs> Volandis is walking walking down the motorway in Brisbane, and he finds a median strip, and he's like, it's not covered. Who <laughs> is looking after this area? I fell, I'll take this. <laughs> he's just walking
1: along every every square on every pavement in Brisbane, just writing NRL on every single one
0: of them. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Done. <laughs> it's, it's our territory. Putting flags all over the place. It's interesting that the AFL is at the point where they, like the next AFL expansion is probably going to be into um, Tasmania. And then after that, it would have to probably be Darwin. And, And like people talked about the AFL's expansion plans and how aggressive they were and stuff. And I think the thing that they forgot was that at some point, there's nowhere else to go for AFL. It is only in Australia. And they had to get on the front foot in that regard because every other competition, in every other sport in Australia has the ability to expand beyond Australia's borders and bring in new player bases, you know, bigger TV revenue from overseas and stuff. And that's one of the beauties of Rugby League is that, you know, we've talked about it a million times before on the podcast, P&G could bring in, like, You could probably bring P&G in in 2023 as well and not have any effect on the player base because just for P&G players that just come in, um, you know, a second New Zealand team would, I think, have a minimal impact. I think that they'd rely a lot on junior players and things like that. And I think that actually make the New Zealand Warriors a better side as well through the competition. And then, like, we've talked about what you could do through the Pacific Islands and, and my dream of having a, a Pacific Islands team that was based in Honolulu. Um, but that's well down the track. Like, you know, we've got we've the, got areas we can expand to. The AFL areas they can expand to now are not great. Yeah, I think
1: I think the AFL made a genuine mistake when they expanded to GWS and the Gold Coast. I think those two options, if they were smart, should have been Hobart and Darwin. I agree. Um, Hobart, because Rugby League doesn't have a foothold there, it's, it's barely got um, you know, get the game being played there. So that's an entirely AFL market. And Darwin, um, like the whole of Northern Territory, I think it would go entirely towards AFL or NRL based on who got their foot in there first.
0: And I, I said agree. before,
1: we've got a huge Aboriginal presence uh, playing Rugby League. And that would be an easy team to get set up. Is you just go, right, we're going to put a team in Darwin. Bang. People go on about the population, stuff like that. And I go, you're not trying to get 4 million people to get into a stadium or 3 million or 2 million or 1 million or half half a million. You're trying to get 20,000 people there. And I'm pretty sure Darwin's got at least 20,000 people. Like, you're going yeah. to fill a stadium. If you put a 25,000-seat stadium there, you're going to get most of the people. It's going to fill most of the time, especially when you get a lot of local talented players in there. Mm-hmm. and it just makes it a lot easier to get more of these Aboriginal kids who love playing the game, and they're playing both sports. You put Rugby League there and say, right, Northern Territory, you've now got an NRL team. They'll just go, fuck AFL, yeah, and you got them. And we know how great they are at playing the game. So yeah. many great Aboriginal players have been, you know, elite-level Australian Test
0: players. Why would I have thought
1: I'd take that opportunity? That's what I've always wondered.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and I'm pretty sure that Darwin has produced NRL talent as well. Um, absolutely. So so that I've always felt like with Darwin, you want to be the first sport that gets in there and build your facility. Because I think, I think to have an, to have a winter sport team there, my feeling is you need to have an indoor stadium for it to properly be what you want it to be and i and that's a pretty big investment by the local government there which is broke by the way which is a big problem um but if you can get your facility up and running first and if you're rugby league you're you are you go in and you say it has to be a rectangle and none of this multi sport bullshit it's got to be a rectangle and i i've always felt like that that's the big that that is you got to be there first as you say yeah absolutely
1: um. What? Oh, it wouldn't be an episode of Ferg on the Freak if there wasn't some West Tigers news. Yeah, some good news. Tell me the good news, Andrew. Some good news. Well, as we know, Tim Sheens is back at the club. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Based on the tone of the current journalist, I should probably preface that with a yay, because um, I talk about the Messiah is back and all that sort of shit. Um, it's also been revealed that he's on a million dollars. Which was, that is a lot of money. Which was kind of, I mean, that's the money he was
0: on when he got sacked. Kind of coincidental that. Well, let's be um, fair. How much of that million dollars is he going to get? Like he knows the game. He's going to get it all. He did that last time.
1: Oh shit! <laughs> he did. He didn't mind sacrificing anything the club had planned, so long as he got his fucking cash. <laughs> um. So that we know where his loyalty lies. The cash, man. The cash. He's um. They couldn't they – they, they they failed at sacking the coach. That's the media and the NRL club as well because they've got no spine because um, they talked about wanting to change coaches for a little bit, just quietly, not officially. Mm-hmm. But um, they knew that because they kept doing it, I guess, and they, they couldn't find someone good enough to replace Maguire in the short term, they figured, well, we may as well just stick with it. So it's a bit of a hesitant thing, and as we saw with an article by um, Chairman Chairman Lee, Mm -hmm. that uh, you know, we've not made any discussions about whether you know
0: Michael McGuire should be here in six to eight weeks or not. No, he's not on a six to eight week you know deadline at all. No, no, it's just Uh, a number that was brought up by Chairman Lee. Um, Very odd, but it's not—it's not a deadline. Just as long as you know that.
1: I'm just pulling that number out of a very specific part of my
0: brain. Yeah, it's um, not even a number he is giving you. He's just saying. Yeah, it's, it's just not a number. It's just random.
1: Yeah. Um, so the club has decided to sack Adam Hartigan, who was um, apparently quite pivotal in the signing of uh, Dane Laurie, mm-hmm. uh, Adam Dewey, Stefano Uticamanu, uh, I believe also Luciano Lalua. You know, probably the four best-performing West Tigers players of the last two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, he seems he's, like
0: he's part of the problem.
1: Yeah, he's fucking stupid, so let's get rid yeah. of him. Yeah. And the person to bring him back is the bloke who was responsible for most of the West Tigers' worst-ever signings. hmm He's been brought back. Um, well, one one I mean, name you mentioned is a great example, was uh, Ryan O'Hara.
0: The great we're talking,
1: we're talking that, that sort of region.
0: Yeah. So. Well, look, I I think loyalty is a wonderful thing, apart from when you're getting a guy to pack his shit and leave. But outside of that, loyalty is a wonderful thing. And, you know, if, if anybody knows how to rebuild a club in the 1980s, it's Tim Sheen's. The new era. Mm. The new era, turns out it's much like an older era. <laughs> well, as,
1: as I very wittingly said on Twitter about it, I said the new era has returned.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that was a great tweet, by the way. <laughs> that was brilliant. It was, um, I've seen this before, yeah. and it wasn't pretty. It was basically it was basically a, a, a year or two of gone. okay, let's see where this works. Hooray, we've got a premiership. And then lots of rage, and then... Fuck, we've got the finals. Oh, we're mm-hmm. even better this year. Oh, we're going to make the grand final this year. Nope.
0: And fucking misery for another decade. Nothing. Uh, the the thing that always surprises me about rugby league clubs is that when something needs to change and, and almost everyone knows it, and I mean everyone outside the club, um, when people in the club make a decision to make a change, they always go with... Somebody that is a known quantity and has been there before, like and even the Panthers did it with Phil Gould bringing him back, and the bulldogs have done it by Phil Gould going there it's not very often that a club really brings in f- a fresh person that has no connections, which is really interesting and and it's I think it shows there's a lot of um you know i I know this person. I've worked with this person before. There's a lot of that that goes on in rugby league and we've always known that. Um but I, I just find that interesting.
1: Yeah, it's uh
0: I'm I'm expecting this to go downhill pretty fast. Yeah, look I, it feels it just it doesn't feel new. It feels like, like keeping the course.
1: Yeah, if anything, going back to an old course that wasn't that great in the first place. Yeah. Well, um, let's we won't dwell on that for too much longer because there's more important news, and that is um, the NRL Premiership Trophy. Yeah. Um, big news. But I just want to say, these highly paid men have zero respect for the game. A game that they need... They treat it like shit, constantly, with their smug behaviour, their holier-than-thou attitudes. They think the game is something they can just treat like shit for eternity. You'd think that they'd show more love and respect for a game that has given them so much fame and fortune, way more than they would have ever received if Rugby League didn't exist. But no, they treat it with utter contempt. It's about time something was done about it, Freaky, and I've got a drastic solution. It's long overdue Um. It will solve all of this bullshit for once. Expel them from the comp for good. Jeez, really? Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I'm I'm talking about the journos. Oh, I'm for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Bunch of scumbags, aren't they? Fuck the carry on. Oh, the fucking carry on and over you and a little bit of weld. It. You and me called it. It, we both said it'll be like a part of this trophy that has broken up before, and it's just broken again, but we're hearing about it. I
1: could not. I still can't get over the amount of
0: fucking hand-wringing that's gone on over this. It's insane. So, so give us the details, because, look, I'm a Panthers fan, so people will think I'm biased if I give There's the details. Apparently a small piece of weld where
1: I believe the trophy had been patched up once before, had come away. And it only came away because from an, from an actual NRL investigation, take from that what you will, the trophy was on a table while the players were, I think, were at a restaurant or something. And um, uh, a, a lady came up and she wanted to be photographed near or something. Like and she accidentally bumped the table and it fell off bear in mind this this trophy is fucking heavy yeah it's huge so so you probably wouldn't if it's not sitting in the right part of the table and it may not be a great table if it's sitting in a a not quite good spot and that table gets bumped even slightly that thing can topple over it'll fucking topple the table over where it goes so that's pretty much all that's happened it's a complete and utter accident shit happens and the amount of drama in the media over oh the Panthers players they got no respect for the fucking trophy and they broke this and they broke that and blah 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 and it's just on and on and on and it had allegations coming up about you know Nathan Cleary with coke on his fucking oh
0: fucking those, phone yeah. and, and it turned out it was this, bubbles in his phone all this protector.
1: bullshit like they're constantly trying to catch him out all the time with. Uh, fucking nonsense. I've not seen anything like it before. I can understand that sections of the NRL, and this will happen every year, decide you know what, a team that's just won the premiership, fuck them, I hate you now, because you're so good I want to beat you. And I'll hate you until you are no longer the premiers. I get that. That's happened to a lot of teams. Fine. But this year, I'm not a Panthers fan. I'm looking at this going, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. I think it's just gone way too far. Yeah. It's way I, too I, I, far. Last year we had Brandon Smith getting around drinking beers with a trophy and stuff like that. No one says shit. He's funny. This year, oh, the Panthers players, are all smug and disrespectful and going, the fuck are you on about? I can't get we- over it, man. It's been. Someone was telling me about how they were – saying that they were disrespecting the trophy by pushing it around in a pram and I jokingly said well if a pram is good enough for little babies to go in why isn't it okay for a pram we put our our most vulnerable but most treasured humans in them yeah how's a yeah.
0: disrespectful trophy in there but I'm I'm telling I'm saying it as a joke because I think the whole thing's laughable it really is it really is and, and the thing that uh I find weird, like when did oh, and look, this could be me being a Panthers fan. Are they arrogant and disrespectful? Like that, like a lot of that started out of that Canberra game earlier this year, where Canberra come in to Penrith Footy Stadium. I actually attended it, uh, and they they just ended the Raiders' season. Like they, they, from there the Raiders fell apart. They had like one player go home to whatever bumfuck town he was from in Northern England. Um, th- th- it just their season ended in the, in that game, and I don't. That's where the thing of their arrogance started. But I look at them and I'm like, where's the arrogance? Like people say Nathan Cleary's arrogant. I've never seen him be anything other than a a gentleman like he's 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 one of those players like if somebody said tell me tell me like five things about nathan cleary away from the football field i couldn't tell you much about him he's pretty quiet i'll say this okay if
1: a player's smug or arrogant i generally don't give a fuck it's not newsworthy who cares (laughs) yeah okay I don't think the Panthers players are arrogant, but you know what? If they are, they've got every right to be because they're fucking successful. Yeah. That's just part of the territory as far as I'm concerned. A lot of the most successful players, they've
0: got an area of arrogance about them. Who gives a shit? Seriously. We talk, Is that we the worst we can do? We talked about this with uh, Latrell Mitchell where we had a conversation where we were like, he doesn't need to make friends. He's not out there to to be everyone's, you know, wonderful person. Like if he's going around and he's out there and he is just being himself, or he is just smashing people and stuff. And I'm not, I'm not making any excuses for what he did in terms of hitting Manu High. I was just talking about in general. Um, like he's, he he doesn't have to go out and try and make friends with everyone. But with this Panthers team, like I'm watching them and I'm not seeing smugness or a a, a poor attitude. I'm seeing young guys that are excited by situations they're in, that they're responsible for being in through what they've done. But it's not like I'm seeing them score tries and give it to the opposition or anything. Like they score tries and they immediately go to the crowd to celebrate the try. I just don't see the arrogance and stuff. And I just think that one of the things I find really funny is there'll be people on Twitter who will say, Oh, the media, they they're terrible and they don't even like rugby league and blah, blah, blah. And then the media will keep pushing this thing saying, Oh, the Panthers are arrogant. The Panthers are arrogant. And the same people on Twitter will be like, Oh, the Panthers are arrogant. The Panthers are arrogant. And it's like, you can't say the media hates rugby league or that it, it reports it terribly and then be a parrot for every stupid fucking thing they say.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. Fully agree with that.
1: Um, I think, I think what we've got is, um, it's either, a, it's a combination of the media and some bitter salty fans, probably Tigers fans. Um, I just trying to find a reason to hate on the Panthers when there's very little to hate about. them. they're just, bunch of young, exciting young players that have won a premiership and they very you know, they weren't very close to doing it last year in a you know, almost record breaking season. Yeah. Um and they've backed it up and they're proven that they are at the cusp of a what could be quite a successful dynasty if they if they keep their heads down. Um they're just trying to there seems to be an awful lot of attempts at, at gotcha things with the the Panthers at the moment. Like something about Nathan Cleary's mates fucking around or something like that in Queensland. People he, are trying he, to. That, yeah. That, I mean, well, that's ridiculous. People are trying to pin shit like that on Nathan Cleary going, he's in fucking hospital getting a shoulder reconstruction or some bullshit. What the fuck's he
0: supposed to be. What? Well, just and know. that, that, that also, come, also comes back to the trophy where, like, as this. It just reaches this crescendo of, like, they're getting around with the trophy that's smashed in pieces and blah, blah, blah. And then the very next day, the trophy is sitting in Panthers Leagues Club with their other two trophies, and it's completely fine. And it's like, okay, look at it. It's completely fine. (laughs) And I said to a bunch of people, I had somebody message me on Twitter and say, oh, I've got family members that weren't happy about it. And I was like, give the family members a hug and then take them to see the trophy and show them it's fine. Actually, speaking about the trophy, we do
1: have a bit of inside mail here. We'll keep our sources to ourselves. Mm -hmm. But um, we have a very good authority that the NRL hasn't actually inscribed the last two premiers on that trophy either.
0: Yes. we We were given the information by somebody that we can't say their name on the podcast, but they inspected the trophy very closely. And the uh, Roosters are not on that trophy. And the Melbourne Storm are not on that trophy. 2019-2020 premierships have been erased. Now, if you want to talk about disrespecting the game,
1: why isn't the NRL being criticised for the fact that they haven't done that task?
0: They've had plenty of time to do it. And the Dude fact in that, the <laughs> fact that their names aren't on the trophy says to me, with no information other than they haven't been engraved yet, salary gap scandals must be. Must be. There's something on the horizon, Andrew. Would it be for both clubs for both for both years? One hundred percent. I I feel like I need to go and look at some premiership ladders. I think I need to buy. Panthers back to oh, back premiums 2019 dot com. Twenty
1: nineteen, if we take Melbourne and the Roosters out of the uh, off the ladder mm-hmm. and put them at the bottom, mm-hmm. the West Tigers moved from ninth to seventh and Penrith moved from tenth to eighth. Whoa. That changes the complexion of the finals altogether because those two teams would obviously make it to the grand final. That changes history. It changes history dramatically. Uh 2020, you take Melbourne and Sydney out of there again, and we'll see the Gold Coast Titans move from 9th to 7th and the Warriors move
0: from 10th to 8th. Wow. The Tigers move from 11th to (laughs) 9th. This feels (laughs) like everything is lining up perfectly. The universe is correct there. The only problem with that, though, is if you take those
1: premiership points, all of them off both teams there, then that means that Brisbane also miss out on getting their first ever wooden spoon. And I'm not quite comfortable on that. Yes. So maybe we can take 20 premiership points off them. So that they both finished above the Broncos, but mm-hmm. they don't get anywhere near the finals. I'm comfortable with
0: that. I think that's fair. And so who would be the, who get like the, I guess that makes the Raiders, the 2019 premiers.
1: Yeah. And the Panthers in 2020.
0: I'm comfortable with all that. There you go. If you go to Ricky Stewart right now, right, and you say you won the 2019 Premiership, does he immediately retire? No. He immediately goes to the Raiders board and says, well, now that I'm a Premiership winning coach (laughs) of the Raiders, (laughs) let's put some more zeros on this fucker. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. That's a really good point. Also changes like this. The list of coaches that have won – Premierships at two different clubs isn't a long list. No, that's right. Gets a bit longer then. Mm. There you go. Which so, uh, as well. yeah, but yeah.
1: Spe- so... Speaking of speaking of the Raiders, okay, there's, yeah. uh, there's been a bit of media going on at the moment about the fact that um, the new year at the West Tigers, looks like they're about to be signing a broken old hooker to come to play for them in Josh Hodgson
0: yeah I saw that. I was uh, <laughs> I felt new really era. disappointed for it. yeah the new era. and look, uh, anytime that uh I think that every club is looking for a 31 year old English hooker that has had knee surgery in recent years, it just tends to be the way forward.
1: Look the thing that's that's so frustrating about this is that the Tigers were making inquiries at the right club for the right position. They're very close, but instead of going and talking to Starling, they went and spoke to Hodgson, and were like, you fucking idiots.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know who Hodgson's manager is, but he gets his name in the media a lot, considering that he's, uh, I think he's well, detrimental to the Raiders.
1: It's not Justin Pascoe, is it?
0: <laughs> it could be, hey. <laughs> but, uh Oh, man, I mean, if ever there's a give-up move, that's one of those moves that feels like a saving my job move by somebody. Mm. Like in terms of <laughs> oh, did, brought, Tim, she just pulled that out pretty quick. <laughs> He's just trying to mean dollar deal. Quick, just a the job. It just feels like I brought in a name. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. even if he is terrible and he doesn't, they don't win any more games with him or anything. Somebody can say, well. I did bring Josh Hodgson to the club. In the, uh,
1: Sheens does like the occasional pommy.
0: Yeah, he does, doesn't he? At Hyington. <laughs> yeah. Ellis. Yeah, yeah, he's a great, great winger, Ellis. Um it would be it it would be a weird one. They've got the uh that, uh well they're bringing in Jackson Hastings for next year to play a I don't know what position really Somewhere. because he's a, he's a halfback and, you know, Brooks is a halfback and Dewey is probably his best position we've seen is 5'8". So I don't know where Hastings is going to play. And who's the other one? Gildart, I think his name is. I wouldn't be surprised if they put Hastings at six and Dewey at centre only because Dewey
1: can play centre. Hastings probably can't do it as well and i don't i don't much like that dynamic because i want to see do the ball in the hand in the middle of the field with options left and right and he's not mm-hmm. going to get that if he's parked out on the right hand side of the field it just seems stupid but yeah, i just dude, get the feeling does. that
0: that's the only way they're going to fit him in there is they do that um, well,
1: you, know,
0: you know what it feels like it feels like somebody's putting together a team without a fucking plan again yeah again um gilda they'll be forced
1: to play him at center until they realize how just not up to the NRL standard he is.
0: English, yeah. Can't defend for shit outright. Uh, like. <laughs> and so. Fucking turnstile it'd be like having fucking. What's his name? James Robertson the sign. Yeah. Fucking James Robertson the centers. <laughs> 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 this is They've signed
1: James Roberts. So, if the, the, the best scenario we've got at the moment, and it's not a pretty one, is Dewey and Gildard in the centers. Hastings and Brooks are in the halves. Laureate at fullback. And Roberts is on one wing, and oh. my God, that just doesn't fill me with any sort of hope.
0: Yeah, that feels that feels yeah, that feels like a Super League team, eh?
1: Yeah, yeah. You've got Laurie and Dewey
0: are the NRL players in that in that back seven. Yeah, and look, I'm open to seeing how Jackson Hastings goes. I actually, part of me really likes Jackson Hastings just oh. for the fact that he was at the Roosters. He was the chosen one for a, a while. For whatever reason, they went off him. He went to Manly and had a fucking issue there, and it seemed like a personality clash, so they got rid of him. And he went over to England, and he got the job done in England. And I, I want to see how he plays. I'm not judging him. I just, no, I he's, think he's It's also more a West Tigers his... thing. He's also fixed up his
1: personality an awful lot. He's realized that there was a lot of things that he was doing when he was in the NRL that were just not right. And he's, from all reports, he's, he's attended to those issues and he's a lot more, a lot more professional now. And that's something that the West Tigers definitely need is more professionalism. And yeah. my only issue, and I've said it all along, it's not against Jackson Hastings. It's against the fact that we have a legitimately good six. We did not need to buy another one. And this is what the West Tigers do. They just go, There's someone available. Let's go buy him. Bang. And then they go, Oh, where do we put him? And then sure. all of a sudden we start the reshuffling process. And someone's gonna get screwed over and it's gonna be one player, most likely Adam Dewey, and that's gonna impact the rest of the club. Yeah. Because Yeah. And it's just it's just nonsense. So the club didn't need to sign Hastings. And it's not because of any prisoner of Jackson Hastings. I'm sure he can handle in the NRL. It's the fact that just the Tigers is not a club that he needs to go to because one position that they don't need they don't have an
0: issue with is the position he plays. Unless they're all getting rid of Brooks. And they, they're yeah. obviously not doing that. And look if Jackson Hastings had gone to the Gold Coast Titans, you'd say, you know what? Could be a pretty good move. Good good situation for him there. Um if he'd gone to the North Queensland Cowboys, you'd say, Look, they need a half back yeah. and he might he, he's you know, might as well give him a shot. Uh, there's plenty of clubs he would have gone to where he would have said, that's not too bad." For the West Tigers, it, it really is. It just seems like they they just sign whoever they can get, and then they yeah. worry about how you make a football team afterwards. It's terrible. Had Chairman Lee come out and
1: say, that, "You know, we plan on having Luke Brooks here until the day he dies," basically. So if they're not going to replace maybe it was Brooks, a threat. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like one. Yeah. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the moment. When I stop whinging about the West Tigers, I just start
0: getting Stockholm Syndrome. All right. Listen, how <laughs> long is Dane Laurie under contract for? I think he's only for three years. Okay, because he would be a really good signing for the Dolphins. A young bloke. He, we've seen that he's a handy player. And like most decent players or decent people at the West Tigers, I think that... If you gave them a phone call, they'd they'd probably answer and say, listen, I don't know what you're going to offer me, but I'm there. I'll be honest with you.
1: I would not be at all surprised when his contract ends. He goes back to Penrith and they get rid of Dylan Edwards. Well, you think he's, he's going to be, what, 24? And he's going to be experienced and pretty fucking good at that age. I mean, he already is now. Yeah, and I'd he'll be he'll go to Penrith, and he won't go there demanding huge money. He'll go there to play with his mates, and that's I, a huge thing. And I think that's
0: where you are going to end up going. Yeah, I'd do that deal in a second. I would do that oh, deal yeah. right now. I, I would. You know what? If I was Penrith, I would. Uh, it's It's hard to do that to a Premiership winning fullback, It's just on a personal level. But if I was Penrith, I would try and do that. Could you maybe turn Edwards into a centre?
1: Ah, uh, I'd probably want him as I'd probably have him as
0: a winger if possible. Yeah, look, he, yeah, he's physically he just doesn't seem to be up to NRO level. So
1: the defensive workload of a fullback is more in line with that of a winger and less of that of a centre because you know he's probably going to make three or four tackles a game. Yeah, uh, you don't want someone who does that, and a lot of those tackles are not done with any great technique, it's all about trying to stop an attacker getting to the trial on or trying to stop the ball from getting to the ground. It's not about wrapping the ball up or dominating the tackle. So it's a very different technique. Um, whereas at center, it's all about technique. It's all about shutting down sliding plays and stuff like that. I don't think, uh, I don't think he's got the defensive capability to go from fullback to center. Whereas I think he'd be able to cover wing reasonably well. Yeah. And there it's just, Taking bombs and doing kick returns more often than not, which he's he's capable of. Barely. I think what, what Penrith needs, is, well, you know, I, th- I think that's going to be more suitable to his game because I don't think he's got the ball playing skills to be a fullback in the modern game. But Could I think
0: you he's imagine? Fine on the wing, Laurie behind that Panthers. Mm. God, yeah, damn. and it, okay, I've got a question for you. I don't know if we talked about this. So there was a picture of Dane Laurie. The night the Panthers won the premiership, he's out in his car in a Panthers jersey, like hanging out of it, celebrating. (laughs) He had to come in and apologize for it. How did you feel about it? Because I know how I would feel about it. I didn't give a flying fuck. Okay, okay. He's just a, wearing a jumper. He's having fucking fun with his mates.
1: I don't care. So many feel- Tigers fans got the she's going, oh, well, how would we, we the fucking sponsors feel? And going, maybe the same way they'd feel about the fact that, you know, they're sponsoring a team that's never playing football this time
0: of year anyway, so they probably don't give a shit. Sponsors are too busy winning uh, raffles and stuff randomly. Um yeah. I would have been wounded by it on some level not like not devastatingly it would have just been like uh I, I don't like that I I don't care look I've, okay. this is the thing I've seen enough
1: footage both archival video footage and pictures in newspapers and stuff of rugby league players in the 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s even early 90s wearing yeah. opposition clothing at yeah. training um there's a i think there's a famous picture that the magpies took like a team picture that went up in magazines and stuff like that in i'm guessing seventy seven or seventy eight mm-hmm. and they all wore the magpies jumper, but they didn't wear the they didn't all wear the magpie shorts they just wore a mishmash of all different team shorts yeah. and they wanted to make themselves appear like because they, they were buying into the whole Fibro Silvertail thing. They, they kind of wanted to make it look like we're just a ragtag bunch and we can't afford to have our full uniform or some sort of thing like that. And they were really buying into that whole class warfare thing. And that was the perception behind it all. It was very brilliantly done. And it worked to a fucking T. Um, but, yeah, there's you see some of that and I go, no one gave a toss about that. The fact you'd see... And our, you know, rugby league players in the seventies training in other teams jumpers and stuff like that. No one cared. But a bloke wants to celebrate with a bunch of mates who he played junior footy with, wearing the same jumper as them. I really don't care. It's 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 the sort of thing that today's media works their cocks out over, but it's really a nothing story. Like you know. Bing a little bit of weld off the trophy.
0: Yeah, what do? It, it it would have wounded me a little bit. I'll say that much. Because like, it's I don't know. There's... I'll get I'll get wounded when he's doing that. Yeah. If the Tigers have just been knocked out of the finals, and the next
1: week he's doing that, Tigers aren't in the finals. He's been he's been in his off season for four fucking weeks. <laughs> He's had Mad Monday already. He's already started a preseason training at this stage. That's how that's, good that's good. how out of the contest the Tigers are. People that's want to good. get complaining about that. Nah, don't oh. don't. Sit, I'm going to say this too about West Tigers fans. They'll sit yeah. there and and talk gloatingly and proudly about their team, and they'll <laughs> they'll sit there and they'll they'll abuse anyone who takes shit out on their team. Yeah, uh, and yet they'll demand that's, you know, Laurie gets sacked or gets, you know, gets fined or penalized for doing this. I think mean, you've, you you do not have a team to be proud of. <laughs> why, why start, why start trying to invoke some sort of, um, pride upon your players. Yeah. When you're proud of your team being mediocre all the time. And the minute I go out there and say, you know, our team is mediocre and they're shit and they need to be better. They, I get called, Oh, I'm just a so-called fan. Hang on. How am I a so-called fan when I want my team to be better? How is that not me showing signs that I care and I want my team to be a better team than they are? As far as I'm concerned, a so-called fan follow, watches their team play like shit for a decade, never makes the finals and goes, I support my team, yeah, go Tigers, they're great. And going, no, they're not great, they're fucked.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm
1: the so-called fan, fuck off.
0: Yeah, I never understood that when the Panthers were terrible and like I always felt like as a supporter you you want your team to do better. Like, it, it doesn't matter how good they are or how bad they are. They've got to do better. And, you know, the people that are happy to be like, well, I'll just support them no matter what, they're really frustrating because there's a lot of people like that. And I understand. Ena- they enable this bullshit. Exactly, exactly. They allow someone like Justin Pascoe to be in a documentary where the team is a fucking a fucking mess and he can honestly stand there and say, well, I don't really have ups and downs, it's like, fuck you yeah, f- yeah. fuck you Justin Pasco, write it down, you're the worst thing that's happened to the West Tigers in their entire history, and they were coached by Terry Lamb, yeah
1: they had, they had John Apple-80s, his finger up people's assholes Pasco's
0: worse than that Seriously, oh, it's it's so frustrating yeah. that you get these fucking people that enable others who just do a shit job year after year. And fucking annoys me. Fans just get, let them get away with
1: it. Now, we'll get out of something um, less frustrating for me, but more frustrating for Dragons fans. Yep. Because they've just signed Aaron Woods. <sighs> the, Mr. Uh, Comfort. It's... I didn't think that the Dragons had a low point after they decided to part ways with McGregor because he was killing that club slowly and painfully. He was killing them. They had a great roster, and he made them play like dog shit. I don't know how. I do not know how, but he made them worse. Kind of uh,
0: impressive.
1: Yeah, and when they moved on from him, I thought, okay, they've they moved. They're turning a corner here. And you don't expect instant changes and instant success straight away. You know there's going to be a few little rough spots here and there. But the signings that that club has made and some of the departures they've
0: had since McGregor left, you look at it and go, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, they're, they're another one where it's like, what's the plan here? Because somehow after sacking McGregor, which was a good move, Somehow, they're older and worse
1: yeah I, I don't understand how they've how they've done this it It makes no sense, so they've signed who else was that they picked up? There's two other players they they all signed in in the space of a day um It was uh oh, Jack
0: Goziywski from manly mm-hmm. and Moses Sully. Oh, yeah, they finally made Sully official. Look, Sully's a, a handy pickup. When he's away. He needs to be – he needs the right environment, though. And I think he's has talked about that himself um, in the past. They've also
1: but, picked up uh,
0: uh, Broken George Burgess. Well, yeah, that I don't understand that one. Um, Moses and Bai. And that one's fucking ridiculous. Um.
1: They're also talking with Murata Niakoro, who's not off contract at Parramatta, but he's he's essentially a bench player at Parramatta. Mm. Uh, He can play back row and centre. He's a
0: handy enough player, but it's just... I don't know what anyone would see in Aaron Woods that they say, yes, we want that at our club. We need that. We're missing that. We need to get rid of Sims. But you know what? Aaron Woods, he's what we need more of. Yeah. Um,
1: oh, they've also got Torto Moga. From, he's from he's always same.
0: injured. He's always he's injured.
1: injured. Yeah. I. It's just, I mean, I, I, I don't get any of this. It's such a horrible, horrible signing spread. It almost makes me happy to be supporting the West Tigers with who they're looking at. <laughs> I've... I've I've never seen a team make so many weird signings in one
0: off season. Yeah. And that's on the back of like getting McCulloch last year, who was old. Yeah. And I know he played pretty well for them, but it was Josh McGuire was the other one. It's like, what are they doing? Bringing him in. <clears throat> and then especially when you couple that with the effect and whether you say it's the right move or the wrong route move, the effect of, sacking Paul Vaughan on top of all that it, it they've taken a step back and a pretty dramatic one too yeah it's it's pretty
1: crazy um the way they're going at the moment they're going to be pushing the West Tigers
0: and the Cowboys for that spoon at the end of the year and the Bulldogs yeah 100% I think the Bulldogs will will be well away from them three I think those three are going to battle it out uh, and I don't. I wouldn't say the Bulldogs would be well away. I, I do expect them to improve,
1: but they've had so many roster changes in the past two years. I expect them to still take another year to gel. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've got too many roster changes to come for twenty twenty three. So they might start settling down at the end of next season, but I do expect them to be
0: off the bottom of the ladder. I would. I am expecting them to make the finals. Wow. Yeah, mate, and. Mate, and uh, Mate, it's too early for this bullshit. We've already discussed this. Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Um, you keep forgetting Trent Barrett coaches them as well. You got, You forgot the Barrett factor. There is that. Look, I just think that it's a talent thing. They've got enough talent to get the job done. I know that they. there are going to be hangovers, hangovers yeah, yeah. from their terrible seasons, but I just think that there's going to be some of those teams in the finals are going to fall back, and I, yeah. I expect yeah. the Bulldogs to end up being there. Mainly had the talent too when when Barrett was there, and the the day he left, and Des turns up with practically the same squad, he gets him into the finals. Good point. Yeah, just uh, point. I've, I've just got to keep you grounded on that one. <laughs> you do. So sometimes I forget the shit house ability of Tramp Barrett, who is a first grade coach, just because he spoke it into existence. That's right. <laughs> That's pretty much it. He hung around, to other coaches he knew what they were doing, so weird Hopefully doing that'll that. rub off on me. It's just so weird, even before he was coaching first grade. I'm like why is everyone saying this guy is a first grade coach like you can't just say it, and yeah. all of all of the data that we've got says he's not a good first grade coach at all by any stretch, no, oh, not even close. Remember, not even close. Man, twenty our twenty first uh podcast we did. 21st one, and it was the yeah. Trent Barrett one.
1: Classic. One of our best.
0: Yeah, we we really did a deep dive on that. So if you go to our, uh, episode number 21, you'll see our thoughts on Trent Barrett. Um, yeah.
1: All right. Well, one last uh, story here that I can think of anyway is uh, mm. during the week, sadly, the uh, the icon, the legend, Norm Proven, the immortal. Uh, rugby league immortal Norm proven passed away um absolute icon of the game really and one of the greatest players um in the in the dragons history Mm -hmm. um and kind of he he became i think the the one thing for me that isn't really spoken about is how he started to show how important it was to have different sized bodies in the team because he was just he was very tall very rangy um Think of, say, like a modern-day sort of Luke Lewis sort of player as far as build is concerned, but taller. Yeah. So he's kind of had the um I'm trying to mix him up. So Luke Lewis-type style and, and build, but sort of tall like Paul Siridan, for example. Well, I thought he, he – body type.
0: Yeah, I thought body type may be a Mark Geyer body type. Like yeah, just... that's kind of getting into the area there,
1: although Guy yeah. was still a bit bulkier than him.
0: Yeah, he Guy really had... was
1: a bit slender.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was a slender dude, um, but a, a giant. And he, like when you watch him in that old footage of him playing for the for the Dragons, like towered over everyone mm. uh, in, in performance and height. Um, one of those players that's re, like when you read accounts from other players, and we've talked about this with Clive Churchills, another player like that, completely revered by opponents, teammates. Coaches everyone, and at one of the great, great gentlemen of the game It uh, was really sad to hear of his passing during the week, and um, you know, a, a literal icon of the game, you know, took Absolutely. that that great, he was part of that great picture that is now on the the trophy. Um, uh, so it was it was so sad to hear of his passing.
1: Yeah, I I actually got the had the privilege of meeting him uh several years ago uh at a NRL function thing and uh just an absolute very humble gentle bloke. Um had all the time in the world to talk to you and loved talking about rugby league, not and not about when he played it or whether what era was better or worse. Just liked to talk about rugby league. Um yeah. And you kind of had to sort of pry information out of him about, you know, what he did as a player and and the way he played the game. He he didn't talk about himself that much. Um, Absolute gentleman. Very, very friendly. Very, very um, warm and open. You'd be able to just talk to him so easily. Um, Had all the time in the world for people. Just an absolutely lovely human. Uh, Absolutely. Just, I think I I I said it online. He's just a, a... a, a gentle soul, yeah. um, best way to put it, and he is a real, a real uh, icon and treasure of the game um, that that's been lost for sure. Uh, yeah. So it's it's very sad to have that go. A lot of people know of him in modern times just through the um, the banter he has with Arthur summons.
0: <laughs> Those death. two became
1: good mates through the just just the fact that, you know on the trophy, and they get interviewed every year pretty much because they're on the trophy, but. Um, very good banter and arthur summons has got a bit of a a a bit of a a shark it was a snake's tongue a bit of a a, a bit of bite and a bit of uh a bit of wit about him Mm -hmm. and he used to just like to play on the kindness of, of norm an awful lot norm knew it so he played along with it a little bit but uh yeah that's an absolutely
0: lovely human it is very sad to hear that he's passed away yeah it was and they were definitely the highlight of the Dally M's when they'd get them up for the Dally M's. you could not watch everything else but seeing those two at the Dally M awards and and the back and forth between them was uh you knew it was special while you were watching it um, oh, absolutely it, it yeah it's and look we've talked about him as a man. To go into his accolades and what he achieved in the game, as a player, as a player coach, and then as a coach, uh, we could you could do like hours worth of recordings over that. But and I think it says a lot about him that we're talking about him as a man, and what people thought of him, thought of him as a, a man. Um, I think that says it all, and, and my feeling is that's what he'd be most proud of that that's how people thought of him that it wasn't just you know how many trophies he won or, or grand finals or things like that yeah you think of the loss of him as the person um and yeah it was it was very sad dementia it he had dementia for the last couple of years and if you've if you've ever dealt with somebody that's had dementia in your family it's it's horrible what it does to someone it 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 takes them away um mentally before they go physically and um man it, it's just a one of those rotten things and you know they the 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 world's a worse off place for for losing a great man like him and it it's it's nice to know though that he knows that the game will always remember him um in the most amazing way it can
1: yeah um it's also great that he got uh you know, he was able to accept the uh the honour of being named an immortal as well in twenty eighteen. because uh, yeah. that is an honor generally befitting him as well. Um 100%. Yeah, he's abs as I said, an absolute icon. There's no other way of putting it. Uh yeah. and a, just a, a a brilliant human all around. So uh condolences there to to Norm and his family. Um yeah, a bit of a sombre way to end the episode. I guess we can find something to talk about to cheer everyone up a bit. Anything else you can think of? Have we had any emails?
0: I think we did. Yeah, let me uh, open up the website and take a gander. Yeah. Wind up the machine. Yeah, get the does, get the hamsters working.
1: As I just said, does the does the email device does it have a crank handle?
0: No, it's actually got a cord. It's got one of the cords like a uh, lawnmower. Oh, like a lawnmower, you
1: have got a rip on it yeah okay. does is the cord fitted or do you have to actually wrap it
0: around every time you pull it out what the fuck did you just describe <laughs> 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 i got it that's opened good. anyway that's, um, good. that's good it's buying okay. time so this one's from Nui ash one of our regular listeners it's always great to hear from Nui ash he says to the panel of experts Of the Rapido's players off contract in 2023, what do you think are the chances that Wayne could lure Luttrell Mitchell to the new franchise? Do you think he would relocate? I've been hearing a lot of noise about the Dolphins needing to target a Queenslander as their marquee player. Bullshit. I feel like Luttrell is a big personality and a quality player that a new franchise would lap up. Oh, man, just pay him in money. You don't have to do that to him. Just like the pong, just like Ponga here at the Knights, for example. Other random ideas: one, if they insist on having a Queensland Marquee play, player, swoop in on Sunshine Coast local Reed Marnie, uh, give him the captaincy. Two, help out the Cowboys and take an underperforming, he's got in quotation marks, Tamalolo off their hands. Three, go after Harris Tavita and Reese Walsh. Thoughts. Cheese Ash. Um, I'll
1: tell you who I'd go after, based mm-hmm. on who will be off contract in 2023. Harry Grant. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a good one right there. Um, who else could we have a look at there? Um, Brandon Smith. He'd be available. Christian Welch. I'd be going straight to the Melbourne Storm side. You know, right, who can we get from there? And you, you don't want to go for the absolute young guns. You want to go for guys who will have had two or three years at least by now. So they'll be four or five years into their contract by then. Uh, Felice Caffucci, um there's another one. You'd go, you'd
0: get Felice Cafusi in 2023. Yeah. Holy shit! I wouldn't have him this year. No, I I get him. Okay.
1: Absolutely. You need you need to get one experience forward in your side. Um even if he just plays off the bench for twenty five minutes every week, that's all you need from him. You wouldn't have to pay him big money either. And Melbourne would let him go. Yeah, I think
0: they would too. I look I would get uh I, I, I like Ponger. I'd get Ponger um Harry Grant, he'd be a good signing. I think you'd get Harry Grant. I don't think the Storm would be able to afford what you could offer Harry Grant. So I think you'd get Harry Grant. I Other think his, that, um, f-
1: that... Tino Farsamului, or whoever it is at, at the Titans, he's from uh, just up the road from, from uh, the Sunshine Coast, the Gympie region. That's
0: near his home, and he's off contract in 2022. And look, I like him in theory but he just underperforms too much for me. I think he'd be really good under Bennett. Okay. Uh, like, uh, like I could, they, they they're going to have to fill out a whole team. So they're not going to all be like great signings. They're going to, I actually think it's going to be controversial considering what we've talked about in the past. I think we should have an expansion draft for them. That's interesting. Yeah. So i so, say, Every NRL club they have their 30 man squads, and I think every club should be say they are willing to release five players from their squads to the new club if that new club can negotiate a deal with them. so it wouldn't be a, a normal draft it's more an opportunity for the new club to have five players from each club that are listed out for them that they could have. Mm, yeah, you know, that that's, that is kind of how the, uh, the
1: original draft idea was put out. It was only players who were not contracted and who were willing to
0: change clubs. But these ones would be contracted. Yeah, you, there's going to be plenty of uncontracted players anyway. They, yeah, there will be. But that, like, I think that that would be a, a cool thing for the NRL to do that just helps that club know that it can have some depth you know and and I think that that's important because sometimes you'll find in an expansion club in any sport they will get a couple of marquee players they'll get a couple of journeymen and then after that it's pretty rough going and I I think an expansion draft would help to avoid that um, and I think that it would be a really, like, a, a good club would be able to use it well. Like, a, a smart club doesn't just go, well, What? who are our five worst players? A smart club says, we could get rid of this player whose contract is costing us too much comp- compared to what their performance is. So you'd get someone like a Moses and buy, He'd be the first person you'd put on your expansion list, you know, and, and so there's opportunities there for NRL clubs to get out from bad deals that they've done as well. But that is... And and fill an expansion team with a bunch of shit players. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. The expansion team can look at it and say, we're not fucking getting Moses and by under any circumstances. (laughs) Or they can go to him and say, Moses, we'll give you a minimum contract. And, of course, he's going to say... Why would I do that when I've got this gigantic deal I'm already on? But it's just a that's something I would look at if I was the NRL doing an expansion draft. I think if they're smart, they would be looking at a
1: a regular draft every year, but it would have to only be with off-contract players who are willing to change clubs and you know take up the option of playing at any club that's available. That's the only way it should work. Uh, See, it shouldn't be anything... That. I know, but I mean that's the only way you're going to be able to do it in a legally, um, legally satisfying manner, I guess, for the players. If, you're, yeah, if but, you're going to try and force players to go to a club that they don't want to go to, or even if you're trying to force them to go to a state that they don't want to move to, you could get a bunch not, of players that go. I don't want to leave Sydney, but if they get drafted by the Broncos, stiff shit.
0: Yeah, I, but that's I don't not like what that. You're doing. With an expansion draft, that's not what you're doing.
1: No, I understand that. I'm, I'm not opposed to what you're saying. I'm talking about beyond that. I yeah, might have an expansion
0: honest. draft, but I'm saying beyond an expansion draft, I'm yeah.
1: happy to have a, a yearly draft, but only for off-contract players who
0: are willing to relocate.
1: Yeah, so Which I you probably find plenty of players.
0: Yeah, I, I just think an expansion draft would be a good thing for for all on sundry. I think it'd be interesting to see what happened with it. Um, of course. Like yeah. if I think of the Panthers, you could put Dylan Edwards up in an expansion draft. And if they take Dylan Edwards, then you go and get Dane Laurie. You see where I'm going with this.
1: See, the problem with that, though, is that the West Tigers can't then sign Dylan Edwards. <laughs> well, you have Matt
0: Moylan. Come on. He's not off contract for 20, oh, 2022. Well, that could work. Yeah. That's workable. I'm trying to work things out for the West
1: Tigers here as well. That's the thing. On. The Tigers might go with someone that's, you know, because they've already got 2 five eights, they might go with Jack Bird and get Jack Bird and Matt Moore on instead of like a two-way deal thing. And all of a sudden, our whole back line will be 5 eights. That would be it's the cool. new. It's a new version of Sheenius where he's gone from having everyone who can play second row and centre, who can occasionally fill in at six, having everyone who can play six and nowhere else. Think of that. Grant. Four players everywhere. How can we not score points?
0: But where would you then fit in Kieran Foran at the end of next year? He'll probably he'll do us all a favor and retire
1: before then, so you know we won't have to worry about that.
0: That's fair enough, yeah, <laughs> I'm just looking forward to the Curtis Scott era at the West Tigers. yeah, I'm surprised that one hasn't come back yet. Just wait yeah. Yeah, wait We're not even into the signing period for the Tigers uh, <laughs> got two and a half months to go. Yeah,
1: they like to wait until everyone else is done. They'd like to say, right, let's have a look at the drags. They they're, look just they're, they're essentially like a homeless bum hanging around out hanging around the bin
0: outside the back of Maccas.
1: <laughs> pretty <laughs> right, much. Right, someone's gonna throw out a meal here soon.
0: <laughs> that pretty much. Pretty much. Oh man. That's it's so rough.
1: I'm just looking at the uh off contract players and uh the Tigers have got a lot of players signed until twenty twenty three.
0: It's, it's In, uh, the only player I'd want seriously if I was the expansion club. The only player I'd, I would want would be Dane Laurie. Every, all the others they keep. They've got. This is the players who've got they've got signed to twenty twenty
1: three and beyond. Mm-hmm. Sean Bloor, Luke Brooks, Adam Dewey, Oval, Gildart Hastings, Reese Hoffman, oa Dane Laurie, Jacob Little, Ken Malmolo. Uh, Zane Musgrove, David Nofaluma till twenty fucking twenty five. <laughs> my life. Tyrone Peachy, uh, Joe Allen Gower has got a uh, off an option in his favour for twenty twenty three. Alex Saifarth, Jake Simpkin, Tuki Simpkins,
0: and Stefano Utakamanu. I think off and will be all play for the the Dolphins. He probably will. Yeah, I don't mind him as a player. I think he's a. Pretty handy like fringe he's been, starter. He's been okay for the Tigers. He's he's yeah. uh defensively he's okay.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think he'd be alright. And then he like, not for Luma will go to Brisbane. Imagine that. Sick of watching him running off off his wing and then watching the players go past him and score tries. And then pouting. He'll, every sell so yeah, off just pouts. Or complaining to his center who's standing around going. Where the fuck were you going, man? Oh, what do you want me to do, tackle four players? Ugh.
0: I just want to, just once, I want to see him and Crocker playing on the same side. I just think it would be amazing.
1: The only way that's going to happen is if they both get picked for New South
0: Wales. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. If I, You know, if I'm Canberra, Crocker's gone this off season. Oh,
1: they won't do it to him.
0: No way. There is not one way they will ever do that. But if they were smart, they would say, look, this guy is not a first-grade defender. He misses kicks when it counts. He's injury-prone now to the point where we can't rely on having him for a lot of the season. Why do we? So
1: long as they've got Curtis Scott there,
0: Croker will always look better. I think Scott's gone from the Raiders. I I think they might have got rid of him.
1: Oh, they might have done. Hmm. You know, I did see the uh, yeah. They parted ways with him. They, the, I'm almost Fo- Fox Sports came up with their list of the uh, what they think will be the predicted best seventeen for each team. And the oh, I up saw with, that <laughs> they come up with one for the for the Raiders, and it's got C.N.K. Nickel Clockstar at the uh, in the centres, which oh, is really? just nonsense. Yeah, and the uh, the Raiders reply going, <laughs> you know, what month is it again? Oh, yeah, that's right. They completely dismissed it. And some yeah. news limited journal come on going, Oh, well, if I was a Raiders socials guy, I'd be very careful about treating them with this much contempt. It's like, fuck off,
0: man. <laughs> they do These fucking journalists think they hover above the rest of us, eh? I know. They deserve all the contempt in the world. They're a bunch of shitheads. I'm going to be honest. Whether you like the Raiders or not, check out their,
1: their uh, social media accounts because they, they get it. Their social media accounts are absolutely brilliant. They absolutely get how social media works. A lot of clubs just sit there and go, well, this happened, and they're just boring tweets. The Raiders get the way the social media works online. They've got good humour when they need to, um, good content. I really like the way they, they deal with
0: things, and they're not afraid
1: to call bullshit out when they see it.
0: Yeah, that's... The, the the rugby league content from the mainstream media is just being so bad, so so bad. Like who gives a, like the the fucking start the the best seventeen from teams for next year? What The fuck is that?
1: Yeah, I mean it's the Tigers haven't finished thing. on in players yet.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seven of their players are uh, you know st- still just wrapping up their lower grade competitions.
1: Exactly. Or well, you know they're still playing League One over in England. Yeah, <laughs> or some such shit. Who knows? They're somewhere, but it's uh its ridiculous.
0: It really I'm, is.
1: It's I'm glad lucky. one of the teams called them out
0: for it. It's lucky that people have us, isn't it? Because, I mean, we're the new wave. We're we're taken over from these dumb fuck journalists.
1: Absolutely. We'll tell you. We'll tell you straight. That's what you need to know. You need to know straight opinions, and you need to know good opinions.
0: Yeah, we'll, we will only force upon you the opinions that we believe are, are true. Yes, which are not Matthew John's ones. No,
1: you no. see, you had a new opinion during the week.
0: Yeah, I did. I didn't look too much into it because I didn't want to get infected by it. Yeah, I, I didn't look into it either. I just
1: saw Matthew John Sinks I went, yeah, if that's where that article ends." Yeah, exactly. I, I, well, Matthew just... Johns has an idea. I'm sure he does. <laughs> Let me guess. It's another joke about Nathan Highmarsh not winning the premiership. Or is it one about him having a gambling addiction? Because that's a great thing to like joke about. Yes, let's joke about someone's preferred professional vices and stuff like that.
0: Let's talk about what Brian Fletcher did on the weekend. Whoa! Yeah, um, fucking groundbreaking shit that is. <laughs> but, but there we go Little little bit of a, a whinge there Well it's a good way To finish the podcast The first one we've done all week We did have an episode set up for Wednesday um, Had to reschedule that For the following Wednesday So hopefully that goes through Oh good
1: That means I don't have to do one this Wednesday Because no. I will be absolutely Buggered after work
0: well, you know, when you get up at 10.30 like you do every day and you sit behind a desk in an air-conditioned room, you don't want to push it too hard. Yeah. It's hard work, you
1: know, getting out of bed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You should see how far it takes me to walk from, from bed to my office. I've heard it's,
0: it's metres. <laughs> oh, man, steady on. You were plural then. <laughs> <laughs> so so where can people find us on uh social media? Uh yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they can go to our Instagram and Twitter accounts at PurgoFreak Pod. Um, yep. they can find you at League Freak and they can find me at Andrew RLP on Twitter. Um we're also got uh the podcast also on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, MySpace. Check us out on all of those. Um, Please like and subscribe to the account over on YouTube. That would be absolutely fantastic if you could. Um, Also, make sure you go to your podcast listening app and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review, which we will read out on the uh, podcast,
0: and we'll put it up on the website as well, Freaky. Yeah, the website is furgoandthefreak.com. It's really easy to remember because it is the same name as the podcast you're listening to right now. That's brilliant. Who thought of that? Yeah. Well, it's called marketing, hey. I just discovered it. It was invented by Phil Gould.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. I love it. As um, I say, how many URLs out there have got Fergo on the Freak in them? And do you own them all yet?
0: No. No, just the one. I only own the one. There's a task for other people. Go and buy fuck all the you. other ones. That's fucking terrible for our podcast. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> hey, that'll, that'll, make make like some, that'll be like somebody buying self at <laughs> and just fucking directing it to a section of this site.
1: I was going to say, it, um, that'll get you ass into gear to buy all the other ones.
0: <laughs> yeah. I <Fucker laughs> can fucking afford it
1: now.
0: I swear oh, to God. Like, to be going guns. My Ponzi is is going guns. Actually, I'll tell you that after the podcast. But um, <laughs> the the we bought <laughs> an island for Channel Ten. <laughs> Probably could afford it. Um, <laughs> the the w- website addresses I own. They're always like a a fin- a, fin- a financial game of Russian roulette. So it's like, oh yeah, everything's going good. Bang! There goes fucking twenty bucks. Bang! There goes another twenty bucks. It's, oh, now this, everything's fine. Oh, there goes 40 fucking UK pounds. Yeah, it's, like, uh, jeez. Uh,
1: you're a burden to this, this, uh, let's call it a hobby, shall we?
0: Yeah. Most people like to accumulate wealth. You just like to accumulate URLs. <laughs> URLs and high income. Mean, obviously,
1: obviously, you just plan to buy out all of the websites so that, Places like GoDaddy have got nothing left to do, and then you just take them over. Pretty much. You just sell them all for profit. Everything's for profit.
0: There you go. That's
1: taking an odd walk in a different lane. I didn't expect to go down there. Very true. Very true. Um, Yeah. Is that about it for this one?
0: Yeah, we're good. I think we're good. might need to edit some of that shit out. I'm not editing any of this shit out. Fair enough.
1: (laughs) Uh, Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We don't apologise for the shit at the end there. That's what you listen to us for. We know that. Um, Yeah, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll uh, have another one out very, very soon. So we'll catch you then. Fuck, man.